Welcome to No Bills Fan Podcast. It's your boy Dave and your co-host Adam Deacon. It's October 27th. Um, so I was online the other day. I saw this banner for this crazy sport called American football. It was streaming on Yahoo. Um, the Jaguars and the Buffalo Buffalo Bills. Did you catch that game at all? I don't know. Buffalo had a sports team. Yeah, believe it or not. It's not, it's not a triple-A Kind no. of deal. This is legitimate, huh? No, this is uh, yeah, this is the big show, man. The uh, the professional sportings. No shit. Wow. Yeah, no, we're we're back again, and uh, I'm still waiting to wake up to watch the game. What time is the game on again? Because they play the Jaguars. That should be like a, that should be a blowout on the Bills. I mean, even with EJ Manuel, you, you would figure that. You know, when we wake up at 9, pop on the thing at 9.30 on your Apple TV, your phone, your ass, your toilet, whatever it streams through, I don't care. You would think um, it's going to be a blow. You might not even want to watch it just because. Why, why watch? It's the Jaguars. Yeah, well, I did watch. And I saw some things, man. Bad things, man. And, uh. Pretty much anything that could go wrong in life happened in that football game. In that second quarter, every everything that could have gone wrong, uh, you had you had Mister Murphy calling plays there. Murphy's law fame. Just nothing was nothing was going right. The ball was going the wrong direction every time. Every time I blinked. And I, I mean, you had ups and downs. You had the defense step up. You had the offense step up. You had. The defense suck. You had the offense suck. You had, oh, the Zebras missing calls on the Jaguars and the Bills. Yeah. And, I mean, what else? Is- it was it was sloppy. It was sloppy. And the only thing I can find comfort in is all these uh, British folks watching the game over there in England. They don't really know any better, but we do. That was a hell of a – if you're trying to figure out football – that was a game to watch. Like, like if you've never watched American football in your life, that is must-see TV. You know, if soccer was that crazy, I'd probably – maybe it is. I just don't know. I have not watched something that exciting. Granted, football, you know, you could argue it's slower than baseball at times. But the plays are intense. Right. But the biggest problem we're running into, quite frankly, with, with football is American football – can we? This is a this is a hard sport. Growing up, you always thought, "Wow, football players! Those are literally the American gladiators." No pun intended. That 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 is America's, and still is fastest, toughest people, and most athletic people. And we need to stop watching this game now. Having to look on the field for yellow all the time, and it feels like this tough game. It's it's not tough anymore, and you can't play football anymore. You and and I understand the head hits. I understand everything like that, and there's all these penalties, and clearly, you know, we'll we'll dive into the game, but just to get it off our chest, clearly we're talking about this pass interference call, right off the bat. Uh, you know, the the Jaguars had a nice. Third and fifteen after a false start penalty, mm-hmm. and they're set up. Roby has absolutely perfect coverage. Yeah, 
I mean, he was about to catch that ball. He had the best line to the receiver. And and when the ball to the ball. And and they both, the receiver and the cornerback, have equal right to that ball. And and here's the problem I have. But exactly. And he wasn't he wasn't in press coverage. He wasn't in press coverage. He was he was scanning that quarterback's pick eyes. The, pick up the, picked up picked up the play and moved to the ball. Yep. Check out Roby's interview if you can, the sound clip. It's all over WGR. It's all over should be on Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I, I know I was on WGR. Um and, and he will Roby does a wonderful job of breaking down exactly that. Like you said, Roby said he's like I was not impressed coverage. In fact, from watching the film, I knew that what route they're gonna run. Right. Right off the bat. I already knew what play they're gonna run. I ran his route stride for stride. And I made it to the ball quicker than him. Now, now here's there's a there's a wonderful guy on Twitter, which by the way we are on Twitter. We are on Twitter at numbillsfan. I'm at numbillsfan. Adam D. Lots of wonderful guys on Twitter, but today we're talking about one in particular. And who who's that, Dave? This guy on Twitter, his name is Rob Quinn, and I'm not sure if you follow. Hey, him. Robbie. He is R-Q-U-I-N-N-619. And so Rob Quinn, 619. Um, Two ones. All right, what's your joke? I see your face. I, well, I, what's your joke? I don't got one. Okay, I guess no joke. But um, some jokes are best left unsaid, trust me. <laughs> this guy will, will throw out gifts all the time, and he seems to know a lot more about football than I do. GIFs? So Yeah, GIFs. He throws out gifs all the time, and uh, it's really interesting. I'm so hip and cool because I knew that. It's really interesting what he puts out, and um, he also throws out the calls that the refs made on the Bills for holding and, and all sorts of stuff, too. So that's why it's kind of nice. He's got a little bit of dark humor in there, you know, pretty much ripping on the fan base, which is awesome because that's what we like to do, too. And the only reason we like to rip on the fan base, I guess that's what we're going to admit to now, is because it seems like half you guys are, I don't know what your deal is, but I'm going to jump on your yeah, side we're gonna, today. We're going to, I'll get to, I'll get to our fan base later. I mean, it's, it's almost embarrassing to be a part of it because there's nine more games. There, there was some really nasty things going around this week too. Yep. Yep. And there's nine more games and, and for everybody to really just, to, to really Send personal attacks to EJ Manuel on Twitter. Yeah. Get a life. I mean, really. Yeah, no, he was dealing with threats and N-words and just terrible talk. Because at the end of the day, that's... Are you a human? That's a guy, you know? that Underneath that helmet, that's a that's just a regular dude, you know? He has he has all the same little inconveniences in his life. He, he still stubs his toe. He still gets paper cuts. And, and, and you want to know something, too, man? He sees all that. He does. And the reason I know that is because for me personally, I found an EJ Manuel jersey in Marshalls during the beginning, very beginning of training camp, and I put it out there. I'm an EJ Manuel supporter. I was. I, I felt like you know, we had 14 games. He's been sitting on the bench, and I tagged him. I had my girlfriend in a photo too, and I go, you know, went to Marshalls, and he's like, well, at least she got the jersey. That's what's important. He actually commented on my photo. That's pretty sweet that a, that a guy who started NFL games actually replied and that's nice and i've done that with stefan gilmore too on my personal instagram where 
I threw up a video of Richard Sherman when he flipped out the legendary clip a couple years ago. And I text Stefan. I'm like, yo, when you're great, please don't do this. This is embarrassing. And he actually replied, replied saying something along the lines of, don't worry, I will be great. You know, and he was right, too. And yeah. And, he, and he's come to fruition. Now, we can bash on. E- Clearly, EJ had had so many turnovers in, in the span of seven seconds. I mean, the defense's job is to get is to stop points. And, you know, they got driven on a lot. But if we're still on EJ, you know, it was really disappointing because, like they say, when the live bullets fly, things your bad habits come out right you you take away those 14 points off of that uh off of that pick six and that strip sack and our defense only gave up 20 points i mean that's that's playing well enough to win that football game if your offense isn't making those seven point mistakes and they had back missed opportunities. They, they had missed opportunities. They should have gotten a touchdown the first drive of the game, but instead they get three points. And it seems like uh, that was their second possession. But yeah, was it okay? Yeah, first first one they they got a couple first downs and then punted. Okay, but and yeah, in the first quarter there that there was no reason that that first that first scoring drive shouldn't shouldn't have been a touchdown. That should have that should have been in. And you think about it. We've watched the Buffalo Bills for so long that we're used to these three points that should be seven points come to haunt us. They did really come to haunt the Buffalo Bills a lot, and it and and it sucks. You know, it sucks yeah, that to live extra, and die on every single play. That extra four would have been real, real useful right there. Right, and, and Dan Carpenter has been on. Dan Carpenter has been on, and Jordan Gay also very on yeah jordan gay's back yeah and you could you could see the difference in our in in special teams with with easily back and with with jordan gay back on the roster we had a lot better field position and while we're talking special teams colton schmidt too you couldn't ask for a punter to do more than that guy colton he, schmidt on one of his punts the, the punt that ended up i think within the 10 mm-hmm he grunted when he sent that ball into orbit. That ball was just gone. Savage. I, I was chucking. I, I I couldn't believe it. He just he had this crazy grunt. It <laughs> just like goes a million miles. I swear, it felt like it was <laughs> higher than the stadium. We gotta get our uh, we gotta get our punter wired for sound out there. Yeah, really. He would break the microphone. <laughs> but uh, he, you know, and and again, the special teams actually looked night and day better, like literally night and day. And Denarius Moore had a nice time pulling the ball out. He really looks yeah. like he's ready to break. And then what happens? Cue up the special teams penalty. Oh, Randall Johnson block legal block in the back. You know, and the Bills are in Jacksonville territory there. Where? They you were. Know? But what do you do? You have so many turnovers in in the second quarter. You know, you have the, the fumble. Now, if you really want to break it down, let's start with that play. So, E.J. Manuel, and again, this GIF, these GIFs should be on Rob. Is it yeah. really GIFs or GIFs? It's GIFs. Why don't they call it GIF? I don't know. 
actually, that's it's a long it's a long heated debate. You could you got guys who will swear it's it's both, but it's gifs. Look, if you check, I'm out, lame enough to know. I, I'm gonna take your judgment. That's why you're here. I'm not researching this shit. Gif, gif. It, either way, it's a fun little animation online. Either way, picture. actually, I'm totally wrong because they're really just little videos. So, telling you, Arquin619, two N's, Q-U-I-N-N. He has all these videos up. It's awesome, the breakdown, all from the All-22. And if you really look at him, E.J. Manuel's job is to slide protection towards that side. LaShawn McCoy is supposed to cover the gaps in the middle. So you would think if he knows he's out, the way that play is developing, you've got to get rid of that ball really quick. Yeah. That's, and, something, and that's has, something we didn't see all day. McCoy all day has. Sunday. You're right. And McCoy has two line, two guys to choose from. And what is he supposed to do? And, it, and initially, I actually defended that on Twitter. I was like, you know, it's, it, it's just simply overloaded. And then Nate Greary of WGR actually tweeted me back and he's like, no, that's EJ's job to check out of that. And I'm like, brain fart, you're right. Yeah. That is, and, and, you know, I would love to pussyfoot EJ along. I, I don't know if that's PC or whatever. But I would love to, to, to be patient with him. But the whole purpose of sitting on the bench or the advantage, they say, is to learn the game. And this is a mental mistake here. This is really a, a, a huge mental lapse. And these mental lapses kept coming. Fast forward to the next play. Paul Pozlesny, Rich Gannon, the was all over the place with his announcing. I took offense to some of the stuff, but he dropped in a lot of good nuggets. He mentioned a quote from Paul Pozlesny. Did you catch it? Or were you listening to Murph a little bit? I was, I was back and forth with uh so, with Murphy in the. Uh, so Paz, the former the, the former Bill, he goes yeah. um, he goes look. EJ Manuel, he's easy. He he's easy to figure out. He just locks in on the side, he, right? That he's gonna throw. He, you already have an idea, and he had the linebackers in zone. And what happens? Pick six. He just looks it, just stares it down. It's like, not for nothing. If you have a play where the route, and 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 I mean this in all seriousness, you guys at home, or wherever you are pooping doing your business eating at work at work on a roof in a car drunk if you're dean Milak drunk probably all day but just <laughs> you're you're listening to this and you're thinking man can he not like just like look uh, in another direction for like a half a second if the route is going to take a little bit to develop no, he can't, and, and that's the problem. I like have we don't EJ. even we don't even need you to pump fake EJ. We just need you to like head fake a little bit. Right, right, and it's just amazing because you could do that in Madden, and I mean that in all seriousness. Like, <laughs> if you look the <laughs> other way, if you look at the look, this is going somewhere. If you look the other way. And then you look back, you can try out what I'm telling you here. And I know I don't have these big dudes in front of me, and it's totally different. 
But damn it, EJ, can you look off a guy for once in your life? Just look it off. And it's these this football intelligence. Yeah, just just like once. Once make the linebackers in coverage or the safeties like at least double at least have hesitate a stat. Yeah, yeah. Just just make them guess what you're gonna do. Make them make them take one step the wrong way. You don't need to stare down Hogan. You don't need to stare him down. The the thing that's the thing that really kills me is that's not even my main frustration with his play Sunday. The thing that bugged me was he wasn't putting the ball where it needed to be. He was get he was getting throws near the receiver, but it was you know, Robert Woods is diving to catch it or Chris Hogan has to has to jump and pull it down. And he's just completely eliminating the possibility of yards after catch by making these really ugly, janky throws. He's not hitting these guys on their shoulder. He's not hitting these guys in their numbers. He's making them chase these balls down. And he completed only only a little bit more than half his passes, and I'm surprised he got got that big big shout out to the receiving core, man. They yeah, really they, they, they really, really pulled some stunts to get get some of those some of those receptions Sunday. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, I mean, you know, I tried to defend EJ up and down for as long as I could. I was at the Bengals game throwing my three up, sc- screaming and yelling EJ's revenge and this and that. But man, and, and you I gotta mean, you gotta do better than that. And then the next play of the series, Paz ends up with an interception, right? And he just squatted. He just chilled there, and just like Robert Woods had to go down to the ground to catch that ball. Yeah. And and it, you you gotta be you gotta be absolutely kidding me, you know. So just Puzlesny just it, it was like effortless. And credit to the team for really sticking together with all that because that was the the most. It, it was what was it? Twenty one points in seven plays. Something like that, yeah. Something crazy, and I mean the the two the two turnovers for the touchdowns. That was two touchdowns in seven seconds, and then yeah, it wasn't it wasn't much following that second interception. But the team, I mean, they turned it around. They they went on a drive. Um, it, it really they Buffalo Bills the living shit out of me is what they did. But they, but the Jaguars also Buffalo Bills themselves too, letting them back in that game. Yeah, but, you know, oh I, I mean, think about it. Right going into half, they're within, really within striking distance. Yeah, yeah. Bills went twenty unanswered points. Yeah, so you got to figure this eight unanswered. Like that's incredible. And in any other game that's gonna win until you've dug yourself a giant hole like that. That that's that kind of run's going to win you a game. You got to figure this. Jacksonville's up 27 to 3. Buffalo gets a touchdown, 12 drives, 85 yards. Jacksonville punts, 3 and out. Buffalo comes back, 7 plays, 30 yards with a field goal. So it's 27-13 going in the half. <sighs> the Jaguars just came out of the half 
and just like deflated like the clock. They did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. Nine minutes and 30 seconds. 17 plays, 79 yards, and defense. What? What's going on with that drive? Get these guys off the field. Now, it worked out because they didn't get points. There was still plenty of time. And, and, and with the Bills, we've talked about this many times. Right. And I have a lead although, that high, there's always time. To be fair, though, if I was the if I was the Jaguars, I would have definitely taken three points there. They should have. They, yeah, absolutely. They should have. At the same time, that's seventeen plays. Now it isn't a twenty-play drive, but that's nine minutes and thirty seconds. But, so, but playing with playing with a two-possession lead, I'd still take the three points. So think about this: the Bills start driving again. You know they get it. Good field position from the punt. Then you got that penalty, of course, where they would have been in Jacksonville territory. Four plays, 56 yards. LaShawn McCoy fumble. So, McCoy was rocked. Yeah. And and he does not take licks like that. He usually doesn't get in. Yeah, I was I was actually worried we weren't going to see So, if you want to be a whiny fan, if you want to be a whiny fan, and insert this, was that a helmet-to-helmet? I don't know, but maybe could have worked out that way. Could have just been timing. I don't know. But if it was another team, I feel like that would have been called. He was absolutely rocked. Yeah, he he got his bell rung. I I was really surprised to see him return. Yeah, and that's the thing. He was in concussion protocol. Like He was on the sideline, and I'm thinking, no. you got to be kidding me. No. And I'm, I'm thinking, this needs a... There's no way he's coming back, and he he's a yeah. Sav- we were even texting. I was like, he's got to go into concussion protocol. He's a that. savvy vet, though. He might have some stupid tricks up his sleeve. He might know the way to act and what to say, what not to say. And right for all we know, the coaches could be like telling him the ways to get to beat it. Because don't get don't let it fool you. The NFL know that the whole thing with the concussions is that the NFL denied it, okay? These players still want to play, and that's their decision. Do I think it's a stupid decision for them to play? Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Now, medically, yes, it's a very bad idea. It's clearly proven to be a bad idea. But that's a man, and I understand they're trying to save him from himself, which is, which is nice. And Rex has a tendency of keeping guys out longer than they need to. That's always been his MO with the Jets. And the players might not like that. But it is for the better of themselves and hopefully the team. But Right, big picture. You know, so so that's really nice. But McCoy, I mean, he toughed it out. He came back and then the Bills they get a touchdown, two plays, fifty two yards. Nice touchdown to Marcus Easley. You know, forty two seconds off the clock. We're in great position here. Yeah, we saw we saw flashes of that that EJ from preseason where we're like, oh man, this guy ha- actually has a chance at this. We saw a flash on that on that play to easily. Cause that's what that's what got him all the hype during the preseason was those, was those big downfield shots. And I'm just glad easily got one, man, because that guy is 
awesome. Let me tell you about Easley. If you guys don't know anything about Mark Easley, which you probably do if you're nerdy enough to listen to a podcast. Yeah, if you're listening to a Bills podcast, you might know you might know he, something, but just in case. Easley was drafted the same year as CJ Spiller in the fourth round. Now, back in those days, they had a <clears throat> that was the first year of the Chan Gailey era and the first year of Buddy Nicks, okay? The Bills were depleted of talent. And quite frankly, when they're that depleted on talent, you're you're constantly looking at the roster and trying to see pretty much more in depth how these guys can step up and play. Marcus Easley was a has a beast of measurables. You're talking about a guy who out of Connecticut, six foot two, two hundred seventeen pounds. 107th pick of the fourth round and same year as CJ Spiller and and this kid I mean 6'2 that's a that's a thick guy and I mean when you really look into his his combine report his 40 yard dash was 446 that's pretty solid for that size his bench press 16 reps broad jump 123 which isn't bad at all and a 60 yard shot of 11.5 so here's the analysis ripped right off of NFL.com. His strengths. Easily is a tall receiver with great bulk, long strider who possesses very good top end speed, has big strong hands and good body control to make difficult catches in traffic. Fierce competitor who seeks out contact on special teams and may contribute there early at the next level. So what we're looking at here is that guy maybe this is the diamond in the rough now when he was in college he didn't have that much playing time he he was a late bloomer and it just seems when you look at it on paper because he didn't prove it for too long in college to do it you know you're not sure you want a guy with more production but he's always been a thicker dude and one of the big deals with him that that turned me on to him was obviously the measurables, you know, and, yeah, definitely, and how they talked about him. Because if they could shape this raw kid, that would be phenomenal. Um, but a little backstory. Do you know his backstory? Nah. So what's his backstory, Dave? I tell you his backstory. Like as far as his pro career, if you're following along still, just. Fourth round pick, he was placed on IR after having surgery on a torn meniscus that was in preseason. And, like, preseason, he was busting out. Like, that kid was all over the place in preseason. Then his second year, it was kept pretty secret. But he had to miss his second straight season over a heart ailment in 2011. And that's pretty awful. And, again, he was looking very promising again in preseason yeah they, they must have kept that quiet i don't even remember that yeah i don't even remember hearing it was that. one of those if he wants to talk about it he'll talk about it and then eventually leaked right and right. then he was caught on august 31st first by the bills and then uh signed to their practice squad and he was promoted to the 53-man roster on november 6th so he made his nfl debut on december 2nd coincidentally against the jaguars he returned his first kickoff for 55 yards, setting up a 26-yard touchdown drive. Now, that year, I was really shocked that they cut him 
because he returned on special teams a touchdown, a 99-yard touchdown return. I was like, really? That And it was crazy. But, you know, on special teams – he left he left the game that game with an injury, the hamstring injury. The next actually sorry. He left the next game or that game that he went fifty five yards was December sixteenth and he left with the hamstring injury. But he came back on December thirtieth against the Jets, posting a forest fumble and two special teams tackles. So he's really had to claw through and it's almost at a point where He's, he, he became an afterthought of the offense. And Ruval Martin was was a good special teamer, but he was not a receiver. I don't think he was good at all. And, and in my head, I don't know why, but I painted the picture. I think it was a motto of Chan Gailey where you, if you played solid special teams, then you'll be the first one to get a crack deep, you know, in the receiver group. You'll get a crack right. at playing receiver. At the same time, when you look at – his weaknesses, I mean, maybe Ruval Martin, quite frankly, ran better routes. I have no clue because I'm not a scout and I'm just an average Joe dunce. But if you look at his weaknesses from his combine, lacks confidence in his hands, it drops too many catchable balls, does not sink his hips enough to maintain speed in and out of his breaks, runs sloppy routes, and will struggle to get separation at the next level. Only saw playing time as a senior and is a bit of a one-year wonder. Again, exactly what we talked about. So, I always want a chance to give him a chance. And, and even now, I, I wish you would get more of a chance. But I feel it's like the Steve Tasker problem where this kid is so good on special teams. The special teams suffered with this guy out for a couple games. Yeah. That, like, big time suffered. Yeah, they were he, he did play last week. But that kid is right there, thick-bodied, ready to crush you. Yeah, I mean, he's always the first one down there. If he's not the first contact, he's right there, you know? Yep, yep. And, and what really sold me on the kid was Ryan Fitzpatrick in the lockout year raving about him, raving about him when Ryan when, when Fitz in Arizona, he set up this whole, you know, let's get the guys together, blah, 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 blah. And, and it was... Why do you mean about a, excuse me, pro football talk? Marcus Easley, Fitzpatrick describes Marcus Easley as a beast out there. And, you know, we had Steve Johnson, we had Donald Jones and uh, Nelson. And, and, you know, we we loved our little bunch of no names, you know, and, and they did well in that Chan system. But I'm so proud of Easley to, to finally get that catch, that touchdown, I should say. It's his first NFL touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, that that's crazy to me. I thought we would have seen a lot more. I, I always thought with those measurables, that kid should be able to do a lot. A lot. But, again, he's on special teams. Denarius Moore went out for a little bit. He had the next man up, and he stepped up. And he, told, he said it. He had a nice interview with John Murphy on the John Murphy podcast. If you're listening now, today is Tuesday. Yesterday was Monday. So check out Monday the 26th on the Buffalo Bills app or podcast app in iTunes, whatever. But it's a wonderful interview. He's always a good interview. But that's our ten, That that's my five minutes on, on Marcus Easley. I just really like that kid a lot. 
he's cemented himself on the roster year after year, especially on special teams the last few years. And, and it's great to see him finally get his. And he even said in his interview, I just wasn't sure if I was going to come. I just didn't think maybe I, I was hoping the touchdown would come sometime, but you never know. So anyways, after that, we get the nice, the, the Buffalo Bills. I feel weird saying we. The Buffalo Bills have Corey Graham get a pick six. And let me tell you something. After easily scored, I mm-hmm. jumped out of my bed. No lie, naked, because you asked. Because that's what I did. I snuggled and watched the game. Jumped out of bed. Was so hyped. Just going ape shit. Hop back in bed. I'm glad I was in a different county than you. Well, you saw the video I sent for the next one. And then the pick six happened. I, I didn't see the dong, though. Yeah, I covered it up. Thank God. I'm not that secure. But... The pick six, I was going ape shit, just even more ape shit. I could not believe it. I'm like, all right, guys, Corey Graham, hell yeah, dude. On, on the pick yeah. six, I gotta give a shout out to Jeff Knight. I'd rather slander him because that's way more fun. But he called it, man. We were we were texting. We had that group. We had that group text going. And he said, "I feel pick six coming next play, man." Corey Graham was in there. Nice call, Jeff. Yeah, way to go, Jeff. Good job, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Fucking Jeff. Freaking Jeff. Freaking Jeff. (laughs) Sorry. So, everything's all set up for the Bills. All right, well, then we know what happened. Pass interference. And here we are again. So, I'm all hyped. So (sighs) many ups and downs through this game. And then the pass interference comes, and I'm just like, I don't care anymore. That's it. You know what? There it is. There, just come on. And then not for nothing, maybe I'm trying to stretch a little bit to piss you guys off even more. I wake up in the morning. I see a GIF, 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 video. GIF video of Jerry Hughes getting held bad, like holding a little kid back clotheslining him and and it's on the <laughs> same right. side that Blake Bortles gets rid of the ball all right to be fair I would say you could have flagged either one of those teams for holding on 90% of those plays Sunday that's what I'm saying back to Quinn over there our Quinn 619 dude check him out on Twitter he's got the gift gifs but telling you I was just so checked out I'm like you gotta be kidding me so then to piss you off even more, that catch, is that technically a catch? Because think about it. He didn't establish himself as a runner. He caught that ball and landed. Pretty much right around the goal line area and slid in, sort of, or like right there with the point there. Mm-hmm. Murphy thinks he might have been out. At the same time, he did not establish himself as a runner. Now, a normal human being, that right there is, yeah, that's a touchdown. But because of the stupid rules of the NFL now, what is a catch since this whole Calvin Johnson thing, then the Des, that was a very similar thing, kind of, I thought, to the Des Bryant thing, wasn't it? 
Mm, the Des Bryant thing was a lot closer of a call to me. But yeah. But uh, same same thing. What what constitutes what what constitutes a catch? He didn't exactly. establish himself as a runner. Same premise. Now don't let this fool you. I do agree that the refs. I'm. I hold back on these podcasts a lot. Maybe I don't. Maybe you guys don't think I do. But I I can't. I don't think you do. I can't stand talking. I I can't stand not railing about the refs. But there is a part of me that you can't put it on one play. At the same time, it's really hard to play another team out there. It's really hard to go out there instinctually and, and, and play the game. These guys sound depressed because they don't know what they can do anymore. Right. And when the refs can't explain it to you after the call, then that's, that's where there's an issue to me. And if you want to call some dumb shit, Jerry Hughes' excessive celebration I mean really on the pick six they're excited but it's okay if Gus Bradley is yelling in the ref's ear pass interference then he throws a flag and then half the actually everybody on the sideline is just about in the field that's not excessively celebrating how about you call this garbage both ways right and that's the issue I got because you will always find that special teams penalty. You will, it, it's inevitable. And then a Robert Woods peelback block. You know, the Ravens went reportedly on pro football talk, went nuts, blasting the refs. You know, Steve Smith goes, which I love Steve Smith. And if the Bills could get Steve Smith, they're saying, he, you know, he's saying if he trades, he's not playing. If he gets traded. But, man, if the Bills got that guy, supposedly he could be traded. I would do backflips because he's playing better than any receiver on this team. Oh man, I would I would crush. I, I would I, give a first. No, I wouldn't. I got I I got into a debate yesterday. I flamed a guy because he said trade Sammy Watkins for Steve Smith, and I was just like, I was like, yo, no, you can't do that. Like, I was I was like, are you a gambling man? Do you understand like the idea of like pot committed? You can't do that. The guy's twenty two. You can't trade him for how old is Steve Smith? 34? 35? How old is that guy? I think Steve Smith is like 37, dude. <laughs> He's up there. Either way, you can't you can't trade a guy that you have two two first round picks invested in for a guy who it's... is one tackle away from retirement on any given Sunday. Yeah. But he is lighting it up. Yeah, he's 36. He He's lighting it up out there still. Yeah, I don't want that guy to retire, man. And, and it's just, Steve Smith goes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade Sammy for him. I, I might trade Percy Harvin for him any day of the week, though. Yeah, well, oh, I want to hit Percy before he bounce here. But to, to finish up, you know, the refs thing, Steve Smith goes, yeah, if this was Yelp, <laughs> those refs got a two stars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and And it's. It's just incredible because, again, we've covered this a lot if you listen to past episodes, but to, to to reset just quickly, we look forward to the, to this all year long. We break down free agent acquisitions. We're looking at the Marcus Easley's of the rosters, the fourth-round picks, the fifth-round picks. You know, is, are they going to call Des Lewis up from the practice squad, get him, get him, him activated into the game? I mean, 
They need a receiver. You know, man, who's this Boom Heron kid? Wow, he tore up the Bengals. You know, all these moves, all this coaching and speculation, and, you know, Rex is going to throw them super large playbooks, which looks like it's shitting. He's shitting them all, all over himself and all this stuff. And then you had this thing called the refs that just ruined all the fun shit about football because if the Bills did make the next stop, say they did stop them and win the game, this is Jekyll and Hyde, EJ Manuel performance. The good guy came out on top. We're excited for EJ. You know what? He did it. He settled in a little bit and made it happen. But at the end of this, we're thinking, you take everything from that penalty before and you just look at it and you go, that doesn't even matter because it came down to the ref. Mike Shope said it best on Twitter. You could say whatever you wanted to say about the game before, and it was just over, over when when you saw that penalty. You, it, yeah, that, that, put, most, that the, put a cap on it. The most deflating, it. probably the most deflating loss I've, I've I've witnessed. I think, as far as when you you because. To come back from from that right. big a deficit, yeah. You know, twenty eight. It's straight demoralizing, points. man. Twenty eight straight points, and then the Jaguars decide to get their head out of their ass. No, not even possible. The refs handed them the game, and we could blame the defense all we want, but I'm sorry. I will. Def- I, I will honestly say, like, I'm starting to turn on Rex a little bit. I know I've been telling everybody, chill out, chill out, chill out. Now, that defense this week. Looked a little bit more of like we wanted, a little bit more petting. Um, yeah, a little, little, little more aggressive on the pass rush. And again, I check my Twitter, Numb Bills fan Twitter, and I, I retweet all, all the GIF GIFs and videos. And you can check all that out. It's usually the Quinn guy. So follow him too, and you can see all these plays. The All-22 comes out on Tuesday. It gets broken down. There's many wonderful people. Twitter's trying to shut it down, but we could always get around that. It, you just see all this stuff break down, and it's, it, and it's nice to see Rex doing different things again. He's not necessarily bringing the house on that kid, though. There wasn't a lot of blitzing, but the way they penetrated, I thought, was nice. Bortles was on the move. Mario Williams was making that guy move a lot. Right. Right. And on, on a lot of those plays, you you would see the defensive ends running Bortles right back into the other defensive end, depending on which, right. way, which way he went out. And that's exactly how it's supposed to be. I, I thought the corners played great. I thought Bortles had – he had one laser throw on Darby. I was like, you got you to gotta be kidding me. Receiver. It was a pro fo- play. Pro Football Focus rated rated Darby number three receiver or corner corner again this week. So wow, he's, he's but still that, killing he, it. He's still he's still grading super high out there. So that's awesome. That is that uh, is awesome. Um, I I will say though, excellent pickup, man. Can't. Yeah, I mean, can't love that 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 second round pick again, enough, Donnie. Man. Again, if you go last week to some podcasts, if you go through the John Murphy podcast feed on your iTunes podcast app, or I'm sure it's up on buffalobills.com somewhere, he has an interview with Donnie Henderson, the Bills secondary coach. That it was a holdover from Marone. 
Well, Donnie Henderson used to work with Rox on the Ravens back in the day. So mm-hmm. when Rox came on board, they kept him. So now they have two secondary coaches. And, and the big thing that they – he he's credited for making Leo that player. Leo could never find the ball. He could stick on a guy, but he could never find the ball. McCalvin could never find the ball. McCalvin could find the ball a lot better now. Um, and that stigma with him being out, hopefully he doesn't acquire that from us negative Bills fans where, oh, he can't cover, he sucks, whatever. But Darby's one problem was exactly that. Yeah, getting his head around. And in preseason, everybody's all flipping up. Oh, he's horrible. He's Don't you think now is the time to put this kid on an island and get him the reps? And, and, and all, all these negative fans just, he sucks, we don't need a corner, he sucks. The kid's learning, and you get to watch him learn. Be thankful you get to see that. Because if it was up to everybody else, that kid wouldn't have been drafted. And look where we're at. He has stepped up. He is coming to fruition. And that's Donnie Henderson big time. Because he's already proven it. Look at Gilmore. Look at Roby. Roby was undrafted. This secondary is nuts. That said, don't be shy to bring the house a little bit. I did not like... I don't. I, I right, and you can't it. you can't you know ignore some of the defensive backs Rex developed over the years either. You know, Revis, Cromarty, Ed Reed. Well, Cromarty was already there in well, San Diego, but Ed Reed, definitely. That's, yeah. You know. I mean, he he's great with 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 secondary players, secondary talented secondary players. Ed Reed was there with Henderson. Mm-hmm. So. And I think, um, John, you know, I would love to take all the credit for for everything. I would love love to take (laughs) all the credit and and say all my thoughts are original. So sorry if I cite other places to listen, but we're such fans of this team. You know, Deacon does a lot more reading than I do. I do a lot of audio because I'm always working, doing something, always, always keeping busy. And so to right, credit, and I I try to stay busy. I mean, if I got the time, I'll read to Dave. But yeah, yeah, he tries to read to me. He's the interpreter. Words, I don't. They don't really. You know, I'm still on hieroglyphics. But you know, my point being is, I will always cite where I get this information. And there's a few things to get off my chest here. Chris Brown and John Murphy brought up a great point. And. They're also at buffalobills.com. So they brought up a great point, which is they think Rex is over-scheming the defense, and they think maybe Schwartz just let him play. And I would love to see that because now I'm starting to turn the page. Rex, what the hell is going on here? What is going on here? A nine-and-a-half-minute drive? You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. Now, again, this team all year, second half, has been a different team. They've been a different team every game, second half. I love that. It's a positive of the coaching staff. But Rex, man, I've been supporting you this whole time. I hope you guys don't, you, you know, it's, it, I hope this isn't a Doug Marone curse. My luck, I bash on this guy every time. I, you know, I made a joke about that Sunday, and now I wish I didn't. You know, I bash on this guy the whole time. And, you know, look at me. Right, well. To touch on on whether or not it's over scheming compared to letting these guys go, there's there's another there's another take on that, that that I'll throw into the mix here, and I posted about it on Twitter a little bit, 
And now this is this is from a guy over at Bleacher Report that I Bleacher Report's gotten better though. At ninety percent of the time, and I'm talking Chris Sims, son of Phil Sims, brother Matt Sims. Um, I don't always agree with him. I usually disagree with him, but he talked about in a little video segment I caught earlier last week. He talked about what he thought the trouble with the Buffalo defense was, and he threw he threw it out in a really interesting way, and in that it, it it basically all came back to size. Generally, Rex, who we know, favors the three four schemes. Um, he's usually had much bigger guys along his defensive can, can I, line. Can I pause you with the three four thing, real quick, because <coughs> Rex. They had award-winning defenses out of the 4-3 with the Ravens. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I I think everybody assumed he was going to go 3-4. And as we all know now, it really doesn't matter as much. It's not as traditional anymore. Okay, last couple couple years, though, in in New York, he did run a base 3-4. Well, he's always run a 3-4 in New York. Right. And uh, he had much much larger guys along that defensive line. And this was something that I never really thought of from this angle. He had he had heavier guys running running two gap, where here he's got more athletic guys. Not to say that Kyle Williams and Darius are are small, but they're not. They're also not the biggest guys out there. And then you you got Hughes and and uh, Mario Williams on the end, and those guys are very agile for their size. So he would have these he would generally have these these big heifers in the gap and then he would uh do a lot more exotic blitzing with with safeties and linebackers and things of that nature where our guys here that you know our our little cold front are just more traditional edge rushers. And, and when you think about but, it too like what's nice about the 3/4 is you don't know which four are coming every time. Right. Right, and that's that's a, that's why I think a lot of the the fans here who are so angry about about the play lately have been overlooking. I you know you got you got all these guys out here fire racks, fire dance Thurman, bring back Schwartz, yada 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 yada. All this, I mean, to to me, saying all this unrealistic stuff. Now, I mean, has it been done? Yeah, there's there's midseason coaching changes. We've seen it happen here, you know. They just they just did a coaching swap in uh, Miami and maybe breathe some life into those guys. But they also played dog Philbin, games. Philbin was there for more than seven games, so I think it's overlooked that Rex has these blitzing schemes that are unorthodox. Everyone wants us to do the predictable cold front thing and and push push that front four. Right. I don't and, think it's a bad strategy. And you know, it's but there's a, there's other plays in the playbook. It's a testament to how good Schwartz's defense was when the offense was so bad last year. And then you look at the numbers and I did make the point through six games, again a stat from Chris Brown, through six games 
there was only a 20-yard difference and a two-point difference in favor of Schwartz's defense through six games this year and last year. But the problem is, is that team got a lot of turnovers. And I feel with this offense, if we had those turnovers, we would actually have a lot more opportunities to score. Yeah, absolutely. So that said, that would make Rex's team better. So Rex, seriously, the players know it. You know it. You might. This is going to be the first time I call you on it. You might want to reevaluate what you're doing. I'm sure you will, because you guys have proven to make halftime adjustments. I think you're not scared to make right. And even just from from the Cincinnati game to last week, um, you know, this past week in London. I think we saw flashes of more of what we're used to from this defense. So I think Rex is coming around, and I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more flashes after the bye. I think what he tried to do is – well, not tried to do. He said it. he's overloading the players. He's overloading the players with the playbook. And unfortunately, there's so many calls and checks this and that. I think he overestimated the intelligence of the players. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but – they might be lost. And, and again, if you're a player, I know you're listening. I, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, probably. But I'm not in your locker room. So this is my only speculation is maybe you're overloaded so much you don't know where to focus yet. And, you know, Rex wants to be exotic. That's what he's known for. You know, and, and if we could go back to that, that team that was week one in Indianapolis, we're hyped, they're moving around before before the snap, they're standing up, going they're, they're going nuts. That's what I want to see. I want to see the aggression, and I want these guys to do what Dog Marone didn't do, which is pop on the damn film before it's too late. What I mean by that is Spiller, they decided last year, oh, yeah, we popped on the film to see how he was used before. No, that should be your job number one before two years ago, Marone, you should have did that. So I don't want it to be too late with this defense because, yes, we're down to safety in reality, and we're down Kyle Williams. Okay, I think A.J. Tarpley, personally, I think he's a liability. I, I feel like coverage-wise, he, he can't move laterally very well. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But in zone coverage, when he needs to pass over, that's how an underneath route was caught on him. And it didn't get passed over to the cornerback fast enough. So, uh, I, I just want to see Rex pop on the film and use these guys. The, the way... The way to, to give the offense more opportunities. Number one point. Yeah. Any, do you have anything else on that? I I mean, I agree that A.J. Tarpley is a bit of a liability, but other than that, no. I mean, I've... he is a rookie, and Powell's supposed to be there. So, you know, I again, I'm not going to hone in on him. Nobody else is really bashing him. So I don't really have a reason, but it's just something I noticed. And, and it could be one mental error that I caught on in that game, but his number stuck out to me and, and it just, it just irked me because he's getting past. It's a simple underneath route. Right. And, and he's got to stay in stride with him. I, I doubt it's going to be a double move coming off that, you know, on, on a drag. So either way that, that defense in the first half, we can bash on them, but keep in mind, they were tired. That offense was not doing shit. Yeah, they really weren't. So, Lastly, I'm not sure what's up with Percy Harvin. I'm a little pissed off over his situation. I don't know if it's the the training staff wants him to play and the coaches want him to play and he doesn't want to. 
At the same time, Rex is known to keep a guy out, so I don't know why that's an issue. I'm wondering if it's something else. Allegedly, he, you know, there's a report from Vic Carucci saying that he was contemplating retirement. But there's also been reports that. Which is what I'm going to go with, that. That, he's, that he's not going to. And the reason I don't want him to retire is I just bought his jersey. <laughs> Harvin, that, don't do reason. that to me. No, you're not allowed to do that. Get your head out of your ass, bud. We can shoot the shit. We could chill. Get out your inner demons. You know what I mean? Well, hang out. I got you, dog. Buy you some food. What do you want to eat? You want to go to Dinosaur? I know your team likes Dinosaur. Let's go. I wouldn't even ask you to sign my jersey. But let me tell you something. It's a plea to get you back on the field because this team needs you, and I hope you're not turning your back on your teammates because that's really shitty, and this will be your last stop. You will be out of the NFL. You have too much talent. You're showing yeah, too you many know, flashes. I, d- I, don't, I don't think there's any, anything like that going on. I feel like if it was locker room drama, we would know. Right. I would hope. I, 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 I'm, I'm assuming that if he's out. If he's off for personal reasons, those reasons are personal, and it kind of pisses me off that the the media has been as pushy as they have been with the, with the coaches and stuff trying to trying to get that out of them. I mean, have a little respect. And on the flip side, purse, think about this. I don't mean to cut you off, but on the flip side, which is the side I, I'm primarily on, I'm I can't even say primarily. I'm a hundred percent on is if you go through this kid's track record. Of injuries and how much time he spends recovering. Damn, I'll be a little freaking depressed too and a little bummed out if I don't want to come back, if I'm not feeling it's right, even if it does quote unquote check out. I got this Jaguars game and then a bye week, but who knows? I'm almost wondering are they blaming the hip injury? Maybe Rex marked it down. Conspiracy theory time. Maybe Rex marked it down hip. To clear it, and then this week they don't got nothing to prove. I don't know, but I want him back on the field. When he get when he gets that ball, he he's he's slick. Again, he's another thick body receiver, and he's quick. He it's just great. We should have Tyrod we back. Get, we we gotta have somebody on the field, right? We'll have Tyrod back, guaranteed, and. You know, to well, there's no guarantees, but more likely should, than he not, he should be. He should be. So, I mean, know, they were saying he was close for the Cincinnati game. Hopefully, Henderson's back. We get Watkins back. I hope, which is a freak injury turf deal. Um, Carlos Williams should be back. The, let's let's see what this team looks like loaded. You know, and, and Rex said that himself in his in his post game. I can't wait to see what this team looks like loaded. And guys, the season, women, the season is not over. Yeah, and if you think it's over, why are shot. you even? Why be a fan? Do you just want to be part of a club and I mean, just get to bitch on the internet? You get to puke I'm all a, over yourself. I'm gonna throw it out there, with the exception of the teams that are like undefeated. The AFC sucks this year. Nine seven might get it done. Right. AFC is beat. Yeah, and everybody's losing. The Steelers lost. You know, the Chargers lost. The, the, the AFC is still right for the taking, and we need to see this team persevere and really just get it, eh? I can't wait. Yeah, I'm hoping, and this is this is me being entirely too optimistic, I'm hoping that the early injuries in the season 
just make us stay healthy for the for the rest of the season while all these teams that did well out the gate you're hoping start getting bit by that injury bug later in the year. You're heart, you're hoping for karma to yeah. come back around. And, and just lastly to close up, um, we will it, during bye week we will have another podcast going up, more in depth detail, a game preview for the Dolphins who are looking hot. But just to close, um, one last thought. To the E.J. Manuel, Tyrod Taylor debate that there was earlier in the season, this is the reason I wanted Tyrod Taylor after we saw him play. Because he's very decisive. The ball's out. He's mentally there. And unfortunately, E.J. And if is, the ball's he, not out, he's gone right. on foot. But in, 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 on the flip side, he was holding on to the ball a little bit. He should have got rid of it, yada, yada, yada. But there was still a threat for him to be smart enough to get out get in and out and he made a lot more checks at the line right i mean I he's still he's still kind of feeling out feeling out his on-field persona so to speak though because there's there's weeks where he was holding on to the ball a little bit there was weeks where he wasn't where he was just taking off running and you know he i think he's still just trying to find his own happy medium because you know he's not a season starter he's still He's still very he, early. He looks, in, he looks like a smart football player yeah. when he's out there, and I'm sure EJ's smart, and in practice he looks good. In preseason, he proved it. He proved he can do it in preseason. In preseason, he proved what he can and is capable of doing. He just needs to wire himself for a second nature. Trust your reads. You can't wait for that to develop. Again, play a dumb game of Madden for one time in your life. Throw a comeback route late. What's going to happen? It's going to get picked. You can't every do time. that. Every time. You every can't time. do that. Everything is based on timing and footwork. And he really, really, really regressed. The, the thing I can't figure out the last two games with EJ, he's pushing the ball again. Yeah. You know, he's not throwing it like a man. And, and I don't mean that in a you know, non-PC way, but like he's not throwing it like his size. He's a big guy. He's got the measurables. He's raw. At the same time, you can look at the stats. You can look at Where's everything else. Oh, well, Peyton Manning's first 16 games, Peyton Manning didn't have these accuracy problems. No. And and, and I'm not even going to touch on the Greg Roman call, the last call, fourth and one. Actually, we will touch on that, that last series, real quick. All right. Yeah, first first play is uh, of the last four plays. It was a nine-yard pass to Robert Woods, and they called a timeout. LaShawn well, McCoy got no gain on, on second and one. Third and one, E.J. Emanuel tries a quarterback sneak, actually loses a yard, which sucked. Um, Eric Wood was on the show up in the Bulldog show for Monday. He always makes an appearance on there. Check your WGR app or whatever, you know, WGR550.com. He explains, he actually breaks down really nicely. Um, a lot of things, a lot of behind the scenes, like what are you feeling in the huddle, like legitimately, and Mike Schoep calls him out. Like, you know, it's hard as a fan. I know you see him, but to to believe in EJ, et cetera. But one of the things he brings up is how difficult a quarterback sneak really is. And pretty much he is just taken out of the place. So as much as I'm always rooting quarterback sneak, what are you doing? I'm flipping out and swearing. But the last play of the game, rolling EJ Manuel out to the left, to Robert Woods when you got a kid with slow eyes and slow feel for the game apparently today you expect him to make that throw quicker no that's not 
Tyrod Taylor can make that fourth and one rollout play. Robert Woods was open. He would have had yards after catch. He would have, I mean, actually with EJ, you don't know if he would have had yak yards because one thing we didn't even touch on is how awful he's throwing the ball. We touched on it. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) But Robert Woods is literally just diving for the ball on the ground all the time. And this kid's got to clean his act up, EJ, if he wants a job in this league. And and I have I, you're I support him. You're talking the play where they rolled him out to the left, right? Yep. Now there there is there is actually a pretty strong theory behind that. Now it's, I know he's throwing across his body, which is Eric Wood called it a high percentage throw, which makes sense if it's out on time, though. Is right. What I'm getting to the other thing you gotta you gotta remember is the injuries here. John Miller is not at left guard or right guard. Chantrell Henderson isn't at right tackle. You got Craig Urbic and Quanjo in there. They're they're rolling him left to to be in protection behind Glennon and Cognito. That's a hell of a risk to to do that play on the short side of the hash too, on the short I, side of the field. Oh, I don't disagree with you. When you have a guy who is an all-pro running back on your team, who has the most yards since 2007 of any – or 2010 of any running back. Yeah. I I mean, in the league, and he's been injured. So, you need when, – when McCoy needed to get two yards, he got like four. Right. And McCoy is the guy that just – if he's – quite <laughs> frankly, if, if I was playing Manon, I would call – Halfback toss left every single time. If you want to scheme with better, you know, better run blocking on the left side with Glennon Incognito, I would just yeah. let halfback McCoy, toss. Let McCoy just pick his poison. Let I'd be, just do I'd his be thing. running like that. That halfback slip screen to that side. Or what about the classic eye formation? The the fake handoff to Felton, pop it out, pitch to freaking McCoy on the outside. You know how many times they got like seventeen yards on that. Rex, Roman, Thurman, get playing some Madden. You too, EJ. Fix w- those damn eyes. I would just, uh, I would run that Tecmo Bowl flea flicker every time. That was a classic. And then the manual spin move. Yep. Yep. <sighs> That's it for this depressing game. This podcast is over. Don't forget to follow us. What's your name on Twitter, dog? Numbills Adam D. That's Adam Deacon. Also, I am Numbills fan on Twitter. Please check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram. Check out our Facebook. Check out whatever you could think of. We probably have it. It's all Numbills fan. But primarily, check out numbillsfan.podbean.com. You can also run it. You can run a Podbean application or you can stream it online, however you found this. But Search iTunes for Numb Bills Fan, and we will come up. You can subscribe if you have an iPhone. If you have any Apple products, you can subscribe to it. You could download it on Wi-Fi at home so you save your data, go on for your regular day. The reason we do a podcast is because I'm not going to go and Adam's not going to go up to your local radio station and go tug on their nuts to beg us to do a radio show. We'd rather be the media ourselves where you could pause it, do whatever you got to do. You don't have to take stupid caller. Hey, are you there? Are you there? Uh, this, run and then talk hey, about something. This guy is speaking for himself. 
Entercom, if you're listening, we know you are. I am ready to take a job. We can discuss my salary when I get there. Just let me know. WGR, if you're hiring, I take back all that. Um, I would make the commute from Rochester to Buffalo. But, no, point being is it's nice to have something where there's no – there, there is no resets. We don't need to always reset. We don't need the T's to come into break. Yeah, we exactly. don't need to do something, you know. So it, it, it's nice to have everybody follow along and follow along at your own pace and just really vent our issues with the team and try to be as objective as possible. And it's all a fan opinion, but we really appreciate every single one of you guys who check us out on YouTube or Twitter or whatever it is. Please don't be shy. I, I love engaging in comments, and, and we will have some guests coming up soon. So, also, don't forget, check out the Red Pinto Tailgate if you ever go down there. Always nice. Yep, that's Pinto Tailgate on Twitter. Check them out. Um, and we got a website in the works. That, that'll be coming soon, and that'll really help us shore up these outros on this, on this podcast because then we can just send you to one site and everything will be right in front of you. I'm, plugging away, I'm plugging away best I can. It should be ready real, 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 real soon. Either way... We want to make it so that no matter what, you have another opinion to, to listen to. If you primarily depend on us, that's cool, too. We're not really stat guys. Um, we're more overall fan feel, but I, I want to have the stats locked down. Like Today, we we really made a point to make sure we know what the hell we're talking about instead of ums and likes and whatever. But if you want to depend on us, that's cool. But really, check out WGR550. Check out buffalobills.com. It's actually really phenomenal. Chris Brown is a great journalist. Yeah, and if there's any aspects of this thing that we aren't covering that you want us to cover, shoot us shoot us a tweet. Throw us an email, whatever. There's so many ways to get a hold yeah. of us. Just do it up. If there's something you want to hear us talk about, get involved. We'll even shout you out. Yeah, we have a numbillsfan at gmail.com as well. We've gotten a couple really nice emails. It means a lot because we're just two bozos in my breezeway on the microphones talking about laying in bed naked watching the Jaguars game. Not together, but separately. I, I was fully dressed. I wasn't at all. Watching with my 5 If I'm inside, the clothes are off. I don't care. I don't care. Are the blinds closed? Are the curtains closed? Yeah, I'm out. I don't I don't got much to sport, man. I don't gotta worry about super high, like intense, lots of freaking matter moving in one direction and nailing a thigh. It won't even reach a thigh. So I'm not even I don't care. Neither, neither does anyone. Just, just comfort comfort just, is number one. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. This is Adam Deacon for Dave Palermo. We're the Numb Pills Fan Podcast. We'll see you next week. <laughs>